Good evening, church. Are you guys well? Who's excited for summer? Hey, how good was the weather today? It was good. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that we can come together and start our week with you. Father, I pray that as we have started our week strong, that you will bless the rest. But more importantly, we will be your example. We will be your light so that people can experience your love and how you're working through us as we commit this in your precious name. Amen. Greet the person who you ignored when you sat down next to them. So good. Well, church, like you've heard, we celebrated Camps Bay's first birthday, and it was so much fun. We ate lots of cake. Kaya baked an incredible cake. Talented, talented. We had some nice cupcakes, but more importantly, we got to celebrate and we got to reflect on what God has done in the life of Camps Bay uh, in this past year. And we're really ex expectant and excited to see what God is going to continue to do in Camps Bay. So please keep praying for us that God will continue to build His church. And, and we will see so many people reached and saved and living in the purpose that God has for them. And, uh, but we're going to get straight into it. We are still running with the giants. I'm a giant. And um, so you're running with me, essentially. To be fair, I'm not going to get distracted, but I was playing action cricket a couple of weeks ago, and someone took a video of me playing, and I think it's the first time I've ever seen video footage of me running. I was so embarrassed. I looked like a gumpy. It was like I had no coordination. It was just it was a horrible thing to watch, so I would be running. No, it, well, CJ is probably more eloquent than I am. I was, anyway. I don't, it's what I said. I'm just backing you, dude. <laughs> Check CJ's pose at the back there. Anyway, but uh, anyway, running with the Giants. And um, before we introduce who we're going to be speaking about tonight, uh, by show of hands, who has ever built something or attempted to build something before? Anyone? Yeah, so pretty much everyone has built something or attempted to build something. Uh, if you did technology, you guys would have, you know, built those structures and got marked on it or whatever. But I, know, I remember we built some stuff. But when Robs and I got married, um, we obviously moved in. And um, <laughs> naturally, we moved into the same place because we're living together now. And there was no space. There was no space for my clothes because Robin took up all the space for the clothes. So uh, we had to buy this, like, th what do they call it, a chest of drawers. And uh, obviously when you buy from Deco Fern, the, the photo looks incredible. It's like, wow, that looks so good. I'm so pumped. You know, it's going to look after all my clothes. And then it gets delivered, and it's like, it's stacked like this because you have to put it together now. I was like, okay, well, this is going to be fun. Like, anyway, we literally only have one screwdriver in the flat, and that's all it was. And Robin was on call, so it was just me. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to do this. The instructions say, for the best results, this will take three people. So I said, I'm a giant. I count as two and a half. It's going to be fine. Like, I'm going to cover all the bases here. It's going to take me an hour, no longer. So I'm building, and four hours in, load shedding hit. And uh, my phone was in like 1% and I had no light. And it was just probably one of the most horrible experiences. The next day, 
I had blisters on my hand, on the palm of my hand, because I kept doing this with the, with the screwdriver. And by the end of it, there were pieces of, the, of some of the mechanics and the screws that weren't in. And I'm pretty sure those weren't spare. So I left, left it there by faith, trusting that it's going to stay the way I built it and not fall apart. But it wasn't the best experience. But to be fair, it hasn't fallen apart. It's not wobbly. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't like do this. And my clothes haven't fallen out. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it's, I'm very proud of myself that I was able to build it. And, uh, but we've all built stuff, right? And uh, that was my story of me building something. But then we hear about a, a hero of our faith in the Bible called Noah. And some of you may have heard of Noah, but maybe you haven't heard of Noah. Noah was commissioned and called by God to build the ark. Now, if I look at the chest of drawers and I compare it to the ark, I had a very easy job. It was actually, there was nothing. The ark was this incredible thing, this object that Noah was called to build. And in the journey of him building it, we're going to see lessons that we can learn from Noah, but how we can put ourselves into Noah's shoes. Yes, we aren't called right now to build an ark. Thank you, Jesus. But what we are called is to build the church of Jesus. Building hasn't stopped because we're living in the New Testament. We are still called to build what God has called us to build. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 7, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So we're going to read about Noah. And then we're going to be encouraged by Noah. But I want to encourage you. We aren't called to build a physical thing. And I really believe that the story of Noah and the example of Noah is so important as we go into this December, November period. Where we're going to have incredible opportunities to reach our world. We're going to have incredible opportunities to reach family, friends, colleagues, where we're going to believe that by our invite and by our faith that the church is going to be built. That kingdom is going to be populated. The kingdom of heaven is going to be populated because we are building as God has asked us to build. Amen? Genesis 6. We're going to go from verse 7. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them, but Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I say it all the time, I got a degree in theology, but I never did a course on how to pronounce Old Testament names. Amen, Saki? Amen. But when we launch, no, I'm not going to say that, I'm going to get in trouble. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Now, God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world. For everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out along with the earth. Build a large boat 
from Cyprus. From Cy Cyprus wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stores throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long. Now I'm six foot nine. So divide that by 450 feet and then that's how many Matthews long that boat was. It's a long boat, eh? 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the inside, on the side, and build three decks inside the boat, a lower, middle, and an upper. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that it will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male, a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take abroad every food for your family, enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Now, it's an incredible story because it was an incredible ark, boat, that Noah had to build. God had given Noah this instruction to go, hey, the world is going to be destroyed, but you are the only righteous person I've been able to find, and I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to promise you that I will protect you, and I will protect your family, but I'm calling you to build this. Because if you don't build this, then the flood is going to come, you will be destroyed as well as your family. I've called you to build this. It was an incredible task that God had given Noah. Now, if you study scripture, we don't really know what Noah's profession was. So we can't assume that Noah was this known boat builder. I don't know if there's a specific word or profession, but it wasn't he was this experienced guy who's built many of these boats before. He could have just been a normal Joe like you and I. Someone who wakes up and lives his life and loves his family, loves God. But God had given him this task to build this boat, this massive, long, high, wide boat that was going to save so much life. You and I are no different to Noah. Nowhere in Scripture, apart from Scripture saying that Noah was a righteous man, he was a man that had an incredible relationship with God. There's no difference between Noah and us. We are people just like Noah, sons and daughters of God, people who've been given such an incredible purpose and promise and plan and, and a hope that's come from God. God wants to use you the same way he used Noah. God wants to build with you the same way he built with Noah. But Noah had the faith to not be scared of this incredible vision that God had given him, but he was encouraged. And because his faith led him to saying, God, I will do everything and anything you've called me to do. We are no different to Noah. The same way God asked Noah to build is the same way God is asking us to build. And like I said, it's an important story, it's an important example for you and I because, yes, we, again, like I said, we aren't called to build something physical, but we're called to build God's church. We're called to be the hands and feet 
that God uses to build his church so that we can see heaven populated. This part of the year is so important. People get lonely this time of the year. People come together, families come together for the festive season, but there are people who don't have that and they feel lonely and they feel like they have no purpose. They feel like they have no friendship. They need Jesus. That's why we're praying in every service, each one reach one, living with the end in mind. Andre mentioned, he had those two names on his hearts. Church, I'm asking you tonight, what names has God put on your heart to build into their lives? What names has God laid on your heart to invite them to come to church? Those names God has asked you to be faithful with. Those names God has said, it doesn't matter how crazy their life might be. It doesn't matter how far they might be from me. I'm asking you to have the faith that they will come to know me. We're called to build God's church. We are called to build God's church. So the question I want to ask tonight is what are you building right now? Because the world will say, hey, you've got to build your career. You've got to build into yourself. You've got to build self, self, self. You've got to build your own vision. You've got to just focus on you. But God is saying the most purposeful life is when you don't live for yourself, but when you live for others. You find the most purpose when you don't build what's yours, but you build what's God's. God has called you to build. Is that a radio or something? God's called you to build. You are enough. Noah was a normal man. He was enough that God would use him to build. God equipped Noah. God's equipping us to build his church. God blessed Noah. God's going to bless us to build his church. He's going to give us everything that we need so that wherever we may go, if it's our home, if it's work, if it's in a shopping mall, if it's at church, I don't know where you might be, but God is going to give you every tool you need to reach the people he's called you to reach. You will lack nothing if you have the faith to believe that those people will meet Jesus. Because God is going to give you everything you need to build his church. Because it's his church. It's not our church. It's God's church. He wants to build his church, which means he's going to take responsibility for his church. But he's asking us to be faithful. So again, I want to ask you, what are you building right now? Are you building self or are you building God's church? Because there will be great fulfillment in building God's church. We, we're speaking about just the values which these heroes encapsulate. And I genuinely believe that nobody took this personally. God had given him this incredible vision. He called him to build. And he took it personally and he said, yes, God. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. Let's take this personally. Let's make sure that the people God has placed in our lives that we will be faithful with. Because Noah was faithful. We're going to get into a, a stat in just a bit, which is crazy when you study it. But he's faithful. God's asking us to be faithful. Again, I can't stress it enough. This is such a key season in the life of the church. People are more open to be invited to come to church because it's the festive season. 
When we have carol services, invite your world. Christmas Day services, invite your world. Let's build in those days. Every Sunday we've got to build. But we're praying in this season because people are more open to coming to church. Don't give up on those people, please, guys. Don't go there too far gone. They're not too far gone. God wants to be in a relationship with them. God wants to use them to build his church. So again, what are you building right now? Are you building self or are you building God's church? So there's four lessons that we can learn from Noah. And the, four, uh, the, the, the first lesson is he had faith for the vision. Noah had faith for the vision. God had spoken to Noah, and then there was this vision that he had given him. The only thing that sustained Noah in seeing that vision being fulfilled is the faith that he had in God. What is the vision that you believe you have for your life? Does your vision have purpose? Does your vision have fulfillment? Or is it a vision which just seems like it's going nowhere? Where it almost seems like you're kind of dragging it along the ground. Or maybe you're sitting here tonight going, I have no vision for my life. I have no purpose for my life. I don't believe God wants to build his church through me and in me and, 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 and sending me to do certain things and reach certain people. Maybe you're sitting here with no vision for your life. But I want to ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? Who wants to see their family members in heaven one day? Every hand went up. For those that didn't, I'm just assuming in your mind it went up. Who wants to see their work colleagues go to heaven one day? A couple of staff members didn't put their hand up. It's a bit awkward. Ippy, that's a bit weird. <laughs> Who wants to see their neighbors go to heaven one day? Yeah? Who wants to see their old school friends that they haven't spoken to in years go to heaven one day? everyone's put their hands up. When you put your hand up, you're going, God, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that those people experience eternity with you one day. That's the vision. The vision is to see those people in heaven one day. And that vision by faith, you are gonna build so whatever it takes to see them come to know Jesus. The minute you put your hand up, you got a vision for your life. Because you said, I wanna see them go to heaven. There's things we can do to make sure that they go to heaven. Not in our might but by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you say you have no vision, if you say you have no purpose, and you put your hand up, you've totally thrown it out of the ballpark. There's a vision and there's a purpose for your life tonight. Because God wants to see those people go to heaven just as much as you do. In fact, he wants to see them go to heaven more than what you want to. There's a vision for your life now. Noah had faith for the vision. We can have faith for the vision. That's why we say, each one, reach one. Each one, reach one. When we say that, we're breathing vision into your hearts. Because we trust in that God's going to give you the faith for those people. The vision for those people. To serve along with them. Maybe God's going to give you the vision and the faith to, to go to Zambia with those people. I don't know. But God will give you everything you need to serve those people the best of your ability. To build with those people so that they can experience the power of Jesus. The second thing we learned from Noah is he had the faith to keep it simple and to show up. He had the faith to keep it simple and to show up. Now again, we don't know what his profession was. So we can kind of go saying, he didn't really know what he was doing, but he knew what he needed to do. 
So he kept showing up. Every day he woke up and he went to the site of construction and he built. And then he went to sleep and he spent time with his family and he ate his meals. And then he woke up and he went back to the construction site and he built. He never made it complicated. He kept showing up and he kept it simple. A lot of the times we can overcomplicate things and go, I'm not ready to be a part of building God's church. I'm not ready to serve my family. I'm not ready to invite people to come to church. I don't think I'm good enough to invite people to come to church. But can I tell you that you are good enough? You are called to invite people to come to church. You are ready to show up in your workplace to be the example Jesus has called you to be. You are ready to show up and not overcomplicate things and invite your world to come to church. You are ready to build God's church. Noah didn't come with excuses saying, God, I'm going to take a year off before I do this. I'm going to have a sabbatical. He went straight into it. And he did what God had called him to do. He showed up and he kept it simple. One of the ways he kept it simple was, can you imagine the task of having every living creature come onto that boat from the biggest to the smallest? He kept it simple by making it come on two by two. Can you imagine just the, the administration that they all just ran up the stampedes and they would have trampled on each other? But he kept it simple. It's the picture I want you to see. He didn't overcomplicate things by seeing something in front of him going, I don't know how we're going to do this. There might be, be people in your life go, and you going, I don't know how they're going to come to Jesus. Stop overcomplicating it. Just show up and keep it simple. It isn't complicated, and this might be challenging to you. It isn't complicated to send a WhatsApp to invite someone to come to church. So don't complicate it then. Just do it. Show up with those invites. It might be a social media post that we're going to ask you to share. It's easy and simple to share a social media post. We share so many other things, and that's really simple. Share invites for people to come to church. Just show up and keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. We even see it in the, the parable of the talents where there was the one servant who complicated everything and kept what was given to him under a rock. He thought that was the simplest thing he could have done. I'm going to be faithful by doing nothing with it. But he did the most complicated thing by doing nothing with it. But it was the two servants who were faithful with what was given to them. They never overthought it. They kept it simple, and they showed up when they needed to show up, and their master was pleased. Don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. It's easy to keep it simple. Don't believe the lies. Believe the truth. Maybe you don't know what to do, and I love the Lord's Prayer, and it says in Luke 11, verses 2 to 4, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not yield us to temptation. That scripture says give us everything we need for today. Ask God to give you everything you need today to keep it simple. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Let's keep it simple today. Number three, Noah had faith for the process. And this was a process. It took me 
five hours to build that, that chest of drawers. And that was the longest eternity. It was a long time. It was like minus 10 degrees outside, but I was, it was sweaty. It was, it was crazy. It took Noah 120 years to build what God had called him to build. It's a long time. 120 years. 100% of us won't live past 100 years. He built something for 120 years. There was a process he had to have the faithful. From the first nail that was knocked in to the very last one, he was faithful in the process. You might need to go on a journey in keeping it simple with reaching your world. There might be people who are going to say no to your invites for so many years. There might be people who are going to call you crazy for inviting them. But understand that there's a process of invitation. There's a process of loving. There's a process of, of showing them the same love that God has shown you. Let's be faithful with the process. They might not say yes to this Christmas, but let's believe they say yes to the next. And if they don't say yes to the next, let's believe they say yes to another Sunday the following year. But there's a process we might have to go on. But as Noah was faithful in this process, let us be faithful in this process. As we reach our world, we're not going to get 100% every single time. But it, if it's 1%, it's 1% of, of someone who got to meet Jesus. Who got to experience his love. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the same the very first day Noah started building. And he was the same the very last day Noah finished building. Our Father in heaven doesn't change. So let's be faithful to the process. He is powerful. He is mighty. He is sovereign. He is faithful. And he wants you to build his church with him. So let's be faithful in the process. So church, again, I want to ask you tonight, what are you building? What are you building right now? Are you being faithful in building God's church and not giving up on those family members? And not giving up on those friends? and not giving up on those work colleagues, and not giving up on our nation. I believe that we are going on a process in our nation, because we're going to be the best country in the world in Jesus' name. But we've got to go on the process first. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a process. Noah was faithful in the process. The fourth thing we learn is that Noah had the faith to listen. And I can ask the keys to come up. Noah had the faith to listen. In this crazy world that we live in, we've got so many different voices that are speaking to us. Our cell phone speaks to us. Social media speaks to us. People who, who are living the craziest lives that don't align with Jesus, they're speaking to us. They're having agendas pushed against us. Lifestyles pushed against us. We are having the craziest uh, just chunk of information thrown at us that it's going to be easy for us to listen to the wrong voices. It's going to be easy. But Noah had the faith to listen. And it says in Genesis 8, verses 6 to 12, after another 40 days, Noah opened the window he made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the flood waters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had reached, uh, receded and could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat, and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. 
After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time, the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in his beak. Then Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and then released the dove again. This time, it did not come back. When it didn't come back, Noah knew that there was no more water covering the earth and that it was safe to exit the boat. He listened to the dove. And in listening to the dove, he could carry on living this faithful life that God had called him to live. He could have listened to the lies in his head saying, no, God lied to you. This water is going to be here for eternity. You're doomed. You're going to die on this boat. You didn't hear from God properly. He couldn't listen to all. There might have been people like mumbling. I know those like unsatisfied customers always complain. There might have been like some animals making a fuss. And there could have been so many voices that Noah was listening to, but he listened to the dove. The dove came back with information. In fact, it didn't come back, which meant that God's promise was fulfilled. The promise of God was fulfilled that his family was protected, he was protected, and they could go on and live the life that God had called them to live. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? What voices are you listening to? The wrong voices will cause you to build the wrong thing, but the right voices will cause you to build the kingdom of God. That's why view group is so important. We don't say it because we're a broken record. We say it because we genuinely have a conviction about view group. We learn in rows, but we grow in circles. You will have the right voices speak into you in view groups. If you are not in a view group, maybe this is the sign that you need or the moment that you need to sign up for one right now. Don't wait, don't overcomplicate it (laughs) to sign up for a view group. Tonight is the night where I wanna encourage you to sign up for a view group, to get into a family where you will be encouraged, where you will be lifted up, where the voices will speak into you to guide you to build God's church. Famous scripture, Proverbs 27 verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We've got to sharpen each other. If people aren't sharpening you, they're the wrong people for you. Get people in your life that are going to speak life into you, purpose into you, promise into you. Noah had the faith to listen. Do we have the faith to have the right voices in our life? To build with people. Andre preached a phenomenal message last week Sunday in the morning and he said something so profound. I, I pray that I'll never forget it. He said, and I believe this is true for Noah. Noah was the only righteous man that was on earth. He could have felt really lonely and almost outnumbered. And that it, God had asked him to do it. Maybe you are at home and it's just you who are saved. Maybe it's just you who, who, who's trying to build God's church at your workplace or at school or wherever you may be. But if it's just you and you're doing what God has called you to do, you're part of the majority and not the minority. It's the best place you can be in. You've got God on your side, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the Alpha and the Omega, the sovereign God, the all-powerful God, the all-knowing God. He's on your side. And if it's just you and Him, it's the most powerful place you can be in. But when you invite people who are like-minded, who are building with Jesus, that's even more powerful when we do it together. That's why as we go into this festive season, when we do it together, 
wherever we go, I believe and declare that we will see a revival, not only in our church, but in our community in Jesus' name. That we're going to see households saved for Jesus. We're going to see schools saved for Jesus. We're going to see Tableview saved for Jesus. We're going to see Mogwus saved for Jesus. We're going to see Camps Bay saved for Jesus because the, the people of God's church is building by faith in Jesus' name. Can I ask you to close your eyes? I'm grateful that God made a promise that He would never flood the earth again. But He also gave us a promise that we would spend eternity in heaven. And He kept that promise by sending Jesus so that we can experience the flood of salvation. The flood of living in a relationship with Jesus. So maybe you've come here tonight and you know that you're building something that is you and you feel like you have no purpose and you feel like you have no vision and you feel like you have no way of moving forward and you wake up and you just want the day to end and you want to go back to sleep. That is not the life that Jesus has called us to live. He's called us to build with Him every single day. And we get to build whether it's just us or a group of us because Jesus is on our side. He, fu- he fulfilled the promise. He defeated death. He's sitting in victory right now next to his father. He wants to build with you. He wants you to build his church. If that's you tonight and you know that you want to make a decision to stop building your own life but to build the church, to find incredible purpose And if you want to make that decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, everyone's eyes are closed. No one is looking. This moment's between you and it's between Jesus. On the count of three, I want to encourage you to put your hand up. Be bold. When you make that decision, you stop living a life for yourself and you start to live a life for Jesus. A life of purpose, filled with vision. On the count of three, one, two, three. If that's you, do you want to put your hand up? We've got a hand over here. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone else, if you want to make a decision, the greatest decision you're ever going to make to live a life for Jesus, we've got a hand at the back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone else, don't miss this opportunity to say no to self and yes to God. Is there anyone else? Church, can we pray together? We're going to pray this loud and proud because it's a powerful prayer. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I declare that I am a sinner and that I've fallen short. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. Tonight, I declare that you are my Lord and Savior and that I live my life for you. Father, I pray that you will guide me, keep me, and show me your ways as I live my life for you. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise? Thank you, Jesus. And can I just say, it's a genuine honor that we get to build church with you. It's the best thing, coming on Sundays, making this environment possible where people can walk into the presence of God. 
So I want to thank each and every one of you for serving in God's house and serving His people and serving us. Come on, I think you guys can give yourselves a round of applause. You guys are legends. Awesome. Come on, let's honor Matt just for the message. Thank you, Matt. And um, I really think that was such a clear message uh, that we can take and actually put into practice. And um, this morning when I was at Camps Bay, um, at the end of the service, I was praying and I looked up and Matt's brother um, was praying, Robbie was praying and just had his hands up. But I knew that he was praying for his friend that he brought and he was really trusting that God would touch his friend's life. And it was also just amazing to see because the Sunday before that, um, there was a guy at the back who brought a friend. And I could see as we prayed, he was praying for his friend. And that's what we need to realize. That church really becomes special when you've got somebody next to you who needs a touch of Jesus. You start praying differently. You start praying against any bad jokes that I say. Against You start praying for our worship team. You start praying over the coffee. Like you become the ultimate prayer warrior. Um, but And then you see their life change. And the best day you'll ever have in church is when you bring somebody and you see them touched by God's love. And so that's why I think what Matt just preaches is such a significant message. It will change your life, the way you do life, when you start bringing friends into the life of the church. So I encourage you to take those things, to keep it simple, to pray, to invite. And, and yeah, know that God's already wanting to reach them and building His church. You're going to partner with Him. This year, um, we've, of course, got a prayer room as well. Um, so if you did give your life to God, you maybe even didn't put your hand up, but you prayed that prayer that Matt prayed. Uh, CJ, could we open the door? You can go through there. If you did put your hand up, we'd love for you to go. You don't have to go by yourself and take a friend or family member, uh, but we'd love to help you. So even if you need prayer in any way, why don't you go to that room and, and then somebody can pray with you and you don't have to walk away without having somebody stand with you in faith or just tell you about your next step if you've just actually recommitted or make, made a first time commitment. If you would like us to pray for you, you can also use the prayer cards in the seat cover in front of you. Um, and if you're in the front row, it should be under your chair. And if it's a personal prayer request, just write the details. You don't have to put your name. But if you want to write your name, you can do that. But we will cover you in prayer. You have to wake up wondering what's going to happen. You wake up knowing that we got you in prayer. And then, of course, I would encourage you also to find out more about View Group and Growth Track. Uh, the best way is actually go to our red banner, um, our View Group banner, or you can use the card, uh, but you can then take your next step. Um, listen here, we're going to have a great spring, end of spring. When, when summer start? December. Like, I'm not even, even know the, it's, hey, December, it's first, first of December, summer. Like, that's the thing, hey, you get lost in the spring season with the wind and the allergies and all that stuff. Like, you actually just go into a haze and you think it's all just one season. But, um, uh, but I encourage you guys, we are in an amazing season. And also stay alert when it comes to our Christmas experience, getting your tickets, getting a ticket for a friend, and, and making the most of these opportunities. Have an awesome week ahead. God bless you guys.